Hello, welcome to Board Games with Niramats. I'm Joseph, I'm here with Draco, and we are ready to continue the top 100 games of all time list. This is gonna be really fun. We're going into the 50 to 26, so we're really getting into the good stuff. Well, I mean, all the games on the list are good, but this is the you know, top 50, it's gonna be exciting. But let's get going with the list. We are going to start off with a new entry to the list. This is all brand new. This is not a brand new game, but it's a game that I discovered this year. So I have been playing it and it's called Everdell. So Everdell is my number 50. And behind me here, you can see me playing it. No, not me playing it. You can see Mats playing it in a solo playthrough because I haven't made a video of it yet. I might do that at some point on two players with Draco and so on. Can you please stop loading YouTube? Anyway, Mats has been playing it. He made a solo playthrough. That was really fun to watch, especially I, I went back and watched this. I watched it in the editing, of course, when I, I did the editing for the video. But actually, after playing it, I went back and watched the whole solo playthrough again because I started, you know, started to understand how the game worked. This is with some expansions as well. I think it's the same expansions that I played it together with Mats and it's so much fun. I really like how the card play in this one, how it builds up so you... It's the combo wombo, right? So you're basically finding cards that click together and then build up more and more income and so on. Like this engine building in there. There's a little bit of hand management, a little bit of worker placement as well. I didn't feel the worker placement part was that strong, I guess. There was a lot of spaces to go to so I, with these expansions. So it wasn't really that I had a hard time finding a place that I wanted to go to. But yeah, so much fun. And I still haven't, you know, I only touched the surface of this. There's more expansions that I haven't played. I really want to play this again. And it made it into the list. This is one of those entries. I mean, on the list, you could... I guess you could split them up in like, oh, nostalgia, games that I played long ago that I remember having so much fun with. It could be games that I'm playing right now that I'm having a lot of fun with. And it could be games that I want to play more. This is one of those that I really want to get into more and play more. And uh, Andreas doesn't agree. Hi, John. <laughs> I know this is one, not one of your favorites. But I really like Everdell. It had to make my list and it ended up just in the 50 slots. So it's just in the middle there. And it has a... Uh, Possibility to climb or go down, I guess, as I play it more in the future. On 49, this was 28 last year. It's gone down, but it's mainly because I haven't played it. I have a lot of good memories with this one, though. This is Sulkin, the Mayan calendar. So Sulkin is a special game. It's a worker placement game. It's fairly heavy, at least I think so today. I remember back in the days, so I didn't really consider this that heavy, but I don't know if I'm getting old. Well, I am getting old. Or if it's just that I'm, my taste is shifting or whatever, like my brain started to melt down after all the Euro games. So I think this is fairly heavy these days. And there's a lot to consider. Now, the really cool thing, obviously, as you can see here with Sulk in the Mayan calendar, is the whole plastic um, cog wheel that you spin. And that spins the small wheels. And so you place your workers out on the small wheels. And every round, the big one shifts one space, which means everything else shifts. And so the longer your worker stays out, the better reward you get. Because one action in the game is to bring all your workers back. Or as many as you want, I think. So you start off like placing them. And then you need to... Ah, there you go. There I'm twisting it. Then you need to bring them back at the right time. And this is painted, by the way. I did paint my, my wheels there. So much cool stuff in this one. Besides that, like if you just... That's a cool thing. But if you just... Besides that, you have like a technology track. I mean, we have games these days like, you know, Teo Akan and so on that 
builds on this game because it's the same, uh, partly I think, same designer. And you have these tracks you climb up on, which, you know, resembles Terra Mystica a little bit with the temples you're trying to reach there and so on. So, so Sulkin has a lot going for it. And it's one of those games that this is an old video. Um, I mean, I had uh, been many years since I played it the first time. And I, I, I want to get this one back to the table as well. Um, it's been a while since I played this one. And I, I, I'm curious to see how I would feel. Like if it, I, I think I would like it even more. Like it's a lot of these games that I played a few years ago. I really like them. They made it onto the list and they stay on the list. But then I haven't played them in a while. If I play them again, it's like, you know, rediscovering them. So I really want to play Sulk in the Mind Calendar soon. There's so many games to play though. All right, let's move on. At number 48 was 49 last year, so it hasn't really moved. I would say this is Gugong. So another sort of in the same category game, I would guess, uh, sort of like midweight Euro. This is a, how should I describe this? This is not a worker placement in a sense, but it's a, it's a very interesting mechanic where you have a few cards on in your hand. I don't know what happened with the video there. You have a few cards in your hand every round and they have different value on them different numbers and then you place a card somewhere and you pick up a card so you sort of and then if you've got to place a higher value than the one that you on top of another one and then you pick up the other one the net the one you pick up that's the one one of those you will have to use in the next round so it's a lot of planning going into that and when you when you do that you activate a certain area on the board sort of like a worker placement but instead of placing a worker you you switch a card you trade back and forth with your card some of the cards have special abilities as well, so they can break some rules, they can do different effects. You'll get better cards uh, as well as the game goes, just like some of these special cards you can pick up. And you have these different areas and they interact with each other in, in interesting ways. Some of them combo with each other. At the top there you go around with your little horse and you pick up different bonuses. At the bottom you have this water track where you go with your boat. And the, how it all combos together and how it all, all works, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's also fun that in the middle here you have the little track there with the temple or whatever, or the, the I don't know what it's called, like the prince track or whatever, where you or the emperor, where you have to go get to the top, otherwise you won't score any points at the end of the game. And I've seen that happen when, when someone did good in other areas, but they didn't do that, and then they you know they were out of the game at the end, which was pretty funny. So yeah, this is a uh, this is a good one. Gugong can really recommend it. Now, I haven't played the expansion. I would like to. Uh, I think uh, Mats has that one. So, <clears throat> All right, so that is Gugong. Number 47 uh, was 59 last year. And this is Ganshin Clever, or That's Pretty Clever. Uh, so this is me playing on my Android, on my mobile phone. And I played it in, in physical form as well. But I, I, on the mobile phone, I played it, I don't know, like 2,000 times or something. It's very quick, and you play by yourself. So it's a roll and write, you roll the dice, and you need to assign the dice in different ways to different of these tracks to score. And all the old tracks score in different ways, and you find, like, combos. There's a lot of combo one in this. So you, you score, like, here, I say, oh, then I've got a, a row on the blue. Well, that means I can activate one of the yellow, and then the yellow might make me trigger one of the greens. And it's so much fun. And now... Some people say, like, I already been over 300 points or whatever, and some people, I think, get bored at that stage, but I just keep playing. I don't know why. I just find it so, it's like relaxing. I just have, you know, it's a one-hand game. I can hold my phone in one hand, basically, and play. And by, you know, if I'm watching some TV show or whatever, I can just play a little 
Gunshin Clever at the same time. And the board game as well, of course, is really fun. I play that on multiplayer as well. And, you know, such a good game. Now, they came up with the, the follow-up to this, which was doubled so clever or um, twice as clever. I think it's called in English. I don't know what, why they kept there. There's the German title and all that. And now the latest one is called Clever Cube, which is sitting on my shelf, actually. So that's something I will play on the channel soon here, I'm planning. Um, so I guess it's sort of the same thing, but you can pick dice in a different way, I think. And you also have different, these scoring places will be different. And yeah, I'm curious to, to get a new sort of challenge there and see how, how that works. So I'll probably play that with Draco on a, on a live stream or so here during December. Hey Bjorn. So yeah, this whole series is, is really cool. The Gunshin Clever, the, uh, well, the, that's pretty clever, double, twice as clever, and the Clever Cube, which is the new one here. So let's keep going. Number 46 is, was my 23 last year, and this has been, this has been in my top 10, but it dropped down. This is a really hard game to bring to the table. This is Civilization, the board game, or Sid Meier's Civilization, the board game. And this is hard to bring to the table. This is a huge one. It takes lots of hours. And I mainly played it on two. I played it on four as well, but back in the days. But that, you know, that was like a whole day and we took like a dinner break. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not that the game is that complicated, to be honest. It's just long. It's just you're doing a lot of phases each round and you're doing a lot of rounds. And it's classic sort of civilization, just like the computer game. You know, you can, it's sort of like you win by domination by military if you conquer another player's capital you can win by by culture if you reach the cult like get to any too much like enough culture you will like influence the other civilizations to take control of them thematically in that way uh, you can become you can win by gold by getting enough gold uh, and you can also sort of win by by technology uh, which is basically the timer for the game. So if the game goes on too long, at some point it will end because someone will reach that spaceship, which is the final technology step. I really like the beginning of this game the most, I think, when you have this exploration, when you're going around like settling new cities and you're building up. I also like that physically in this game, every building is a little tile and you have a little tile and all that for your actual you know, city and then you build out the tiles around it. Now, you ha I have dice on here, which doesn't come with the game, but that's a really good thing I can recommend to use dice in different colors to keep track of how much uh, technology you generate each round, because otherwise you have to sit around and count it all the time. So that's a good tip if you're playing this. It's Also, this is my most viewed video on the channel. It's, it's getting close to 50,000 views. Uh, and it was also one of the first videos I made, so it's not that great in quality, but I still get comments from people saying like, oh, thank you for the video, they, you know, it helped me to learn the game, which is great. It's just that I, I kind of, in some ways, I would like to redo this video because it's, um, I would like to do it with better quality. <laughs> ah, let's see. John likes to go for green. Oh, I don't like the green in the, oh, we pro now we're talking about that's pretty clever. And hey, Bernie. Bjorn says he wants to play save. We should do that sometime, Bjorn. We could get together. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoy Civilization the board game. And I really like these kinds of games. Like it, I guess it's a 4X game. And I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of 4X games, but I like this like civilization themed games. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, sadly though, I mean these kind of games are often very long and very involved. A lot of tokens, a lot of little rules and whatever. 
So it's hard to get to the table. Now they made the Civilization in New Dawn. That has dropped off my list. I I thought it was okay. I still think it's okay. I, I really like the card mechanic in that one, but you don't get that epic feeling like you get in this one. After you sit here for like five hours, then you know I guess that's you really feel like you've accomplished something, you really built up your cities, maybe you ruined someone else's cities. Uh, my favorite part of this is not the combat, my favorite part is the sort of building part. You're building up your empire. And a lot of times you can have strong defense as well, so it, you can sort of you can have such a strong defense that you won't get attacked because people will realize it's not worth it. So Okay, so that is Civilization the board game. Then we move on to number 45. This is new on the list. This is new on the list. This is one of those I want to play more games. Uh, sort of, well, I played a lot, but this is Galaxy Truck, and this is going to be weird because now I'm sitting in front of myself. I'm, I hope that doesn't look too weird. But anyway, this is Galaxy Tracker. I played this a bunch on the digital app on Steam uh, or on the computer. And there's even a campaign there that you can play that is really fun. And I played it against, you know, friends and so on. You can play it against a bot. It's a really cool implementation. Now, I just got the new edition or the new, well, it's a new edition. It's like a new printing of it that I got as the physical game. So I will be making a video with Rack on this one as well, which... I don't know if I can do, by the way, because this is a real-time game. You have to very quickly pull out tokens. I don't know, Draco, can you handle that? I don't know if we can do that. Maybe we'll just do some kind of demonstrational video. But but Galaxy Tracker is so much fun. I really like how you're building up your spaceship, you're really stressed out, you're trying to build as quickly as possible, and then you have to travel around space with that ship and you know, you know take care of asteroids and pirate ships and pick up goods. And you need to have maybe built a good ship to start with, because otherwise you might be in trouble and the ship might start fall apart. Uh, I really like both those. It's like two phases of the game. First you build and then everyone's traveling around with the ship and see how, how long you can survive and how much goods you can bring home and all that. A really fun game. I want to play this with my friends as well uh, at some game night. Uh, the physical game uh, would be would be amazing to see uh, see that played. Now we usually don't play that many real time games, but this would be interesting. So that is Galaxy Tracker, and then number forty four was forty two last year, so not much has shifted here. This is Great Western Trail. It's Great Western Trail from Alexander Fister, uh, great designer. He's been he's done a lot of good games. Uh, this one, you know, is my basically old favorite of, of his. I, I really had a lot of fun with this uh, when it came out, and we played it a bunch. You have your little cowboys. You're moving up this track, sort of, to bring your cows to the train station to ship them off as, you know, uh, meat. And you need to have different colored cows when you reach the um, train station to score, so not score points, but sort of increase the value, have, have the maximum value of your meat, because then you can send it further away uh, from from wherever you are, I don't remember the town name now, and it's it's really fun. It has a lot of classic board game feeling to it because you're on the way. You can build buildings, and those buildings will sort of be in the way of your opponents. And if they pass them, they have to pay you coins. And um, yeah, you see it from different angles here. This is also with the expansion, which I really like as well. Uh, I wouldn't want to play the game without the expansion these days. I think that's great. So you have railways to the north, what it's called. You have railways up there as well. And then you pick up like crew, and that crew will help you build or travel further with your train and so on. 
there's a lot of good things going on in this game. Now, this is one of those games that I loved, but then sort of a little bit of my gaming group started shifting towards being more competitive about this game and like figuring out strategies and like, oh, you're supposed to do this and that and because that will score you the most points. That kind of broke the game, you know, the fun for me. But I still love the game. Uh, I would love to play this with, uh, you know, other people <laughs> that are not that competitive. So I still love the game and I still love how how the how the game makes me feel right this is one of those where i can really have a good time just sitting around playing as long as you're playing uh, relaxed and, and not so competitive so that is and this just came out as a new version as well yeah uh with like some updated rules and different artwork and so on i haven't tried that and i i would like to but at the same time these days this is not like this this is this would go into the category of games that i used to play and i i have good memories of I, I'm not that like, oh, I have to play this next week. And I want to play it again at some point, but... And maybe play the new one then, because it's fun. It's always, I always like seeing new stuff. Like, that's the main thing that I enjoy with board games in general, is, like, discovering new things in games. Like, oh, they added something. Well, then I want to try it out. So, yeah, Great Western Trail, good one here. Then we move on to 43. And this was... This has climbed a lot. I don't know if it's the one that climbed the most on my list. This was 43. This is 43. This was 95 last year. It was about to almost drop off the list. But then it came back stronger than ever. And this is Chronicles of Crime. And the main reason this has come back as strong is because I played a, the, another game in this series. I clumped them together. And that was Chronicles of Crime 1400 that I played this year. And this is such a cool little crime-solving cooperative game where we're all working together as sort of detectives. Uh, in the 1400 game, we're like knights or whatever, uh, which I, I almost like that better, but I don't have a video of that, so I'm, I'm running the, the, the base game here, in the or the, the first game in the background. Now, the really cool thing here is I, I like app integration. As you can see, I have my phone here. I like app integration into board games. I think we should, you know, if there's technology out there that we can use to enhance our experience, why not do it, right? Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. And in this one, it's really well done. So you have, you're using your camera on your phone as well because all of these cards, as you can see, have little QR codes. So you're scanning them. So if you want to talk to someone and you want to ask them about a certain item, for example, then you scan, you know, the item and you scan the, the person. And then you will get, you know, maybe a reaction or, or um, maybe they will lie to you, whatever. Uh, anything can happen here. And the really cool thing is that since you have the digital app, like you could do this with cards in some way, I guess. But since you have the digital app, it's so smooth and easy. And also the app keeps track of things. So you could be talking to, to a person at a certain location. And then later on, you come back to that location. That person might not be there anymore. It might have been murdered or it might have, you know, fled the scene or whatever. Because the app has like an ongoing sort of timer or a development in it, which drives the story. And also another cool thing is when you are examining, you can examine places like a crime scene and so on then you ha hold your phone like then it's like a what's it called virtual reality thing where you're looking you're moving your phone and you're looking at the actual crime scene and then one person can do that well you can every, every person that does that will take more time and time sort of you're, you're working against the clock really you want to solve it as quickly as possible so if i'm looking at the crime scene i'm looking around i need to talk to my fellow players and tell them like oh i see this and that at the crime scene and um, just relay the information that I get from, from the phone so that we together later on can realize, well, maybe we can solve the, 
the mystery, of course, by what we see in that little segment. And you do that a few times, or one or twice, I think, per scenario. But it just it just adds to the whole experience. It, it is, again, another good way to use an app to, to integrate the phone into your board gaming. So Chronicles of Crime and Chronicles of Crime eighty fourteen hundred. There's also other coming. There's, I think, one 2,400 or whatever, which is like in the future that I also look forward to. And I think there's also another one like 19... It's like in the you know 20th century. Uh, yeah, I really want to play all of these. I think they're so much fun. Had a good time playing this with my friends. And I look forward to continuing it as well. We haven't completed the whole thing. And they can even, you know, there's even like downloads. You can buy more scenarios in the app and so on. Uh, let's see. Mikael is saying that he doesn't care about the second edition for Great Western Trail, but he likes the game. Oh yeah, if you haven't played Great Western Trail at all, you should, you know, I don't even know if you can buy the first edition anymore. You should get the second edition right away, I guess. That's what I usually do with, with games in general, like, I, I like new editions. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, let's see here. Chronicles of Crime. Now let's move on to 42. This was 25 last year, so this has dropped down. It's mainly because I haven't played it, and it's one of those games, again, that is hard to get to the table and all that. This is Star Wars Rebellion. So Star Wars Rebellion uh, is my number 42. Now, I don't have a gameplay video of this, sadly, so I don't just have my unboxing video here in the background just to show you a little bit of the components. So this is, I've been thinking about making a video together with Draco, but it's a huge game. It takes, like, the whole, the whole table, and it takes, like, I don't know, four, five hours. <laughs> it's hard to pull off a playthrough of that. It's very hard for me to do that, even though it would be cool. I guess I could do it in episodes, maybe, so I could have, like, parts or whatever. I don't know, um, but one player is the evil empire, and the it's very cool how the two you, it's a two player game, and the two player you can play four, but I wouldn't do that. Uh, I just think that's just the construction to make it work for more. It is a two player game, and it's really cool how the two players play sort of different games because the empire is trying to deduce that they they're playing a partly a deduction game. It's a combat game as well. It's, you have combat out on the different planets. But the Empire is trying to deduce where the hidden rebel base is. The rebels have a very small you know, fighting force, which really makes it feel thematic and feel like you are the rebels fighting the, the giant Empire because you're so small. But you're tr you have your hidden base and you're trying to keep it hidden. At the beginning of the game, you pick a planet that it's going to be on. And then you try to get time in your favor, working in your favor. So the longer it goes, the better it is for you because sort of at some point, I think like reinforcements will arrive or whatever. So... You're trying to sort of distract the the Empire player and like make them, if they're getting close to your rebel base, you might need to start a fight somewhere else to just draw their attention there. You also have these little standees with all the classic, you know, characters that we all uh, know and love from the Star Wars universe. So, you know, you can shape a different story as you play. Maybe it's uh, Luke that is going and getting, you know, taken by, by Boba Fett and, you know, gets frozen down. <laughs> maybe you know Leia will turn to the dark side it's really cool uh, you can build all these little stories as you play and uh, there you go there you have all the, the little standees and I really like you know Fantasy Flight games I really like the Star Wars games and the, the artwork and everything and, and the feel it really feels like Star Wars in, in, there's no other game I think that I feel as much as being in Star Wars as in, in Star Wars Rebellion really good game uh, my number 42 I do want to play it at, uh, again someday Oh yeah, Bjorn, you need to try Star Wars Rebellion. If you like Star Wars, and everyone who likes Star Wars should play this game. There's, there's no 
There's no question about that. So let's move on. My next one here is a new game. Brand new game for the list and new game as well. It just came out uh, last year. Well, it hasn't even come out yet. It's like coming from Kickstarter, but it's delayed, I think. But uh, it was completed and launched uh, last year. And this is Feed the Kraken. So Feed the Kraken, and I'm playing it here over Zoom. It's really cool how Hell here from, uh, you know, um, BG... I always, I always forget her na channel name because it is complicated. Game for Life BG is, is the channel name. Uh, so go check that out. Game for Life with a four, as in a four. So Game for Life BG. Uh, she runs or used to run these games back, uh, you know, last winter uh, over Zoom. And she set everything up with the camera and everything. So we could be a bunch of people playing. And then I streamed it as well when I was in it. What it is, is a social deduction game. If you have played The Resistance or Secret Hitler, this is like a more built-on version of that, basically. So, uh, just like in the Secret Hitler game, which has dropped off my list, by the way, because this has basically replaced it. Uh, this is, you know, I, I don't need to play Secret Hitler anymore. I just want to play Feed the Kraken. Because it has a board, it has all these things going on. It's very visual instead, you know, like Secret Hitler is just these cards and it's more in your mind. In this one, like the captain, you will, you will sort of vote on a captain basically and then the captain will select a you know a, a navigator um and a, like a second officer and then they will get caught like draw cards and in secret choose one of two cards and that way so if so there's pirates and there's what's it called sailors i think just normal sailors and then there's also depending on the number of players they could also be a cult leader so everyone has their own sort of interests and the pirates know who the other pirates is just like classic you know werewolf or whatever and so as you, but, but you don't want to be too obvious obviously so when you select these cards you might not pick a pirate card because you want to hide your identity for a while and we need, the goal of the game is to steer the ship the ship will keep going upwards here you're trying to steer it so to the pirate victory side or to the sailor victory side or if you're the cult leader you want to go straight in the middle or you want to be thrown overboard and feed fed to the kraken uh, because then you win if you're the cult leader so if you're the cult leader you're trying to look like a good sailor so that you will be trusted and when you come to the three yellow spots at the top of the map if you get there then the captain will throw someone overboard and feed them to the kraken uh, to you know to let the ship escape right and that that point you want to be trusted and like oh you can throw me overboard i'm obviously a sailor so that's a lot of lying and a lot of fun stuff going on in this game so, I had such a good time with this i just want to play this more uh, I really look forward to playing this in person as well when the actual uh, board game, actually printed game, comes. I think it's going to be fairly soon. I think they have, I think it's in production or something like that. Yeah, and these videos are fun to watch. You know, if if you're into these kind of social deduction games and all that, uh, I'm playing here with with my uh, were mostly my werewolf group and also the game, the designer of the game, one of the designers here, uh, Hans, yeah, is also in playing here. And we had a really good time. And, and my werewolf group, obviously, we used, we're used to lying to each other. So uh, we had a good time with this one. Yeah, I need to play this soon again. It's been a while now since, since we did this. So yeah, that is Feed the Kraken. All new on the list. And we keep moving on to number 40, which was 50 last year. So hasn't moved that much. This is Endeavor Age of Sail. So Endeavor Age of Sail is a... Game that sort of sticks out for me because this is not really my usual type of game, I would say. I mean, it has a lot of building up your empire, selecting actions, sort of Euro stuff, exploring 
in a sense, thematically exploring the map. But it also has some very nasty combat. But it doesn't happen that many times during the game, I would say. So that's maybe why I think it's okay for me anyway. Uh, now, this is very fun with these tracks. So you're building up like your 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 different tracks, which will get you more and more income as you go. And you're building up buildings that lets you take new actions because you place you have a certain amount of these little wooden discs every round and you get to assign them to your buildings. So you need buildings that have open slots and you also need discs in order to uh, pre trigger different actions to build up more buildings and increase your tracks so you get more stuff. And yeah, this is really cool. This is a second implementation or second uh, printing. This Endeavor was a game, I think it came out like 20 years ago or almost. And then they made a, re a new, remade it into a new one here recently, a few years ago. And it's, yeah, I, had, I really had a good time with this one. I really like Endeavor. Uh, there's something about it with the whole, the whole, how you do the action selection and all that, that really, you know, talks to me. I really enjoy it. And it also has a bunch of different like modules in the core game. So depending on i think it's they're called exploits so depending on which you use in each game that could change up the experience a lot as well because you have different things you're focusing on so yeah i want to play this one soon again as well no 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 nick you're not allowed to lie in werewolf it's just everyone else yeah so uh endeavor h of sale really good one here it is my number 40. wow there's so many good games here i want to play them all right now <laughs> And then we go to 39, which was 40 last year. Oh, wow, this isn't moved at all. So this is Undaunted Normandy. Well, I'm clumping it together here. So it's Undaunted Normandy, it's Undaunted North Africa. It's the same game, basically, but in two different versions and two different thematic settings, but also a little bit different in uh, how it works. So Undaunted is a deck building game. And a uh, World War II game. Again, something I'm not usually that a big big of a fan of with, with combat and like World War II. But it's the deck building that really brings me in here. The deck building is so cool in this game. So you start off like one is Americans or English and one, the other one is the Germans or Italians, depending on which game you play. And you start off with your deck of cards. You have like simple riflemen and so on. You have tokens out on the board, but in order to use the tokens and make them move or make them capture a point, it's like capture the flag sort of, or capture, hold a point, or shoot at the enemy, you need to play a card. And you have just a few cards in your hand every round. One of those cards you need to sort of waste, you need to place it down at the start of the round for, for, for its number value, for the initiative, so who will go first. And that can be a really hard decision. Like, do I really want to, like, I have a good officer, he has a high number, do I want to use him for his effect, or do I want to use him for initiative because I need to go first? You need to make an assessment each round, what is mostly important, right? And then you move around on the map, you're fighting each other, you have, like, objectives, you need to capture a certain, certain place on the map, and so on. And all these maps, like, the map tiles are really good as well. They, they have different kinds of terrain with different uh, defense and so on, depending on if you, like, if you have a... I don't know, a wall that you can hide behind or whatever. But the really cool thing here is that when I shoot at you, if I get a hit, and when you shoot, you just roll a die or a few dice. So that's maybe the weakest part of the game in my sense. But when you sh when I shoot at you, if I hit, you have to, if I hit one of your riflemen, you have to take one of your riflemen cards from your hand, which is the worst, but if you don't have it in your hand, you have to take it from your, from your uh, discard pile or from your deck and remove it from the game permanently. So then all of a sudden you have fewer cards that will activate your rifleman. 
So this this system is so good. It, it's almost hard to explain how. I mean, if you played any other deck builder, you sort of like in, in most deck builders, you want to thin your deck out because then you will get to your, you you know want to get rid of your bad cards to get to your good cards. In this one, you want to keep every card because the cards are your soldiers, and and it works so well. And it's yeah, it's so tense. Like you can really. It can get really tense in this game where it's like, oh, come on, don't do that. Like, I really need you to not go there right now. And I don't have my sniper card in my hand that I need. But you don't know that. And yeah, it's really exciting. Really like this a lot. Undaunted. Uh, there was also a new expansion just released that is adding uh, a solo play. I really need to get that one. I really need to get that one at some point. Uh, I don't know if it's in the stores right now. But I think it was released at Essence Spiel. So, yeah, I really need to get that. Okay, Undaunted. Wow, such a good game. It's a pure two-player game as well. I should say that as well. I get so excited, so I forget to say things. Next up, we have an old classic for me. It's 38. It was 55 last year. It's just it's in this segment. It's going to go back and forth here a little bit. I think it's going to be on the list for a long time. This is Nations. So Nations, designed by Rustan Håkansson, which is a fellow Swede. A really nice guy as well. And Nations is a, as you can imagine, it's a civilization nation-building game. It has a lot of resemblance to Through the Ages, which I still haven't played in physical form, and I still have no intention to play it at all because it's super long, and Nations is doing everything better from what I understand. Like, Nations is a... He, he started developing Nations as a sort of expansion to Through the Ages, and then it became its own game. So it's sort of worker placement-ish, or you're using workers, but you're only using them on your own buildings. But you're assigning workers to your different buildings, you're trying to upgrade the buildings to get better effects. And then they will do things like getting you food or gathering stone for you or or being military. And, and it's a really cool system in this game that I, I love in basically every game I played it in. I really enjoy it with the open draft, as I would call it. So you have a bunch of cards out on display. Uh, they have different costs and so on. And then when it's your turn, you can activate one of your buildings and so on. You can move your people around. You can build on a wonder to try to complete that. Or you can buy one of those cards out there. And that decision is always so hard. It's like, what do I need to do first? You need to get in the head of your opponents. Like, what are they planning to get? What card would they like to get? And do I need to grab it right now? Maybe you don't have the funds for it. Maybe you need to get the funds first. Yeah, it's so good. And the game is really harsh and punishing. But it's not between the players. And that's the thing with Through the Ages, from what I understand. And I play the app a bunch. You you attack each other directly. In this one, you never attack each other. But the game sort of attacks you, in a sense. There's event cards, there's starvation, there's so on and so on. Here we have the board with the cards. And also, if I start a war, it's not a war against you. It's a war against everyone. So it's like I, I initiate a war that the game is doing against all of us. And then everyone needs to meet a certain threshold of military power in order to survive the war. Or you need to have a lot of stability in your kingdom or in your nation. Because then you can can manage the war anyway. Really good game, Nations. Um, it's a long one, though. It, it's been a while since I played it. And it's hard to get to the table because it is a long game. But yeah, so good. And I really like the expansion as well. Really good expansion for this one. This is one of those expansions, Dynasties. That you just mix in and then you never remove it. You always play with it, basically, if you get it. And that's the video as well. It's with the Dynasty's expansion there as well. And all of these videos are on YouTube, obviously, as you can figure out. And so, so go check them out if you want to know more. And now we are up to Hero Realms, which is my 37. This was 45 last year. Hero Realms at 37. This has 
gone up and down a little bit for me. I still have it in my collection. Uh, I still enjoy it a lot. It's again a deck builder. Really like the deck building again in this. This is sort of, um, if this is just like Star Realms, if you have played that one, if you're familiar, familiar with that one. But this is in fantasy environments instead of space. And I always go back and forth. What do I like the most? Do I like space games the most or, or fantasy? I don't know. Usually, usually I think these days uh, fantasy wins because I like sorcerers and, and warriors and all that. And dragons. Right, Draco? Yeah. So in this one here, you're... Basically, well, this is me and Draco playing cooperatively, which is also cool. With the expansion, you can play, there's a few expansions, but with the expansions, you can play like a cooperative campaign, which is really well made, by the way. The story in that campaign is amazing, even though it's just a little, little booklet of text, but it's so good. Uh, you can play this game normally if you just can pick up the base game, you play against each other. Two-player game, um, you try to just beat your the other's hero and do as much damage as possible or heal your own guy and so on. And you're doing this by building up your deck with cards and playing out the cards. This is pure, this is, I would say this game, a lot of times, a lot of times when I say I like deck builders, what I really mean is I like deck building combined with hand management. So you build up your deck, but then how you use your cards is very important. In this one, it's more straightforward. This is more about actual pure deck building. Like what cards do you pick up? What cards do you buy? And how do they synergize with each other? Because when you play your turn, you basically play all your cards. There's no real decision there. Um, you might play them, yeah, I guess you might play them in a little bit of a different way, but yeah, most of the time you just play your hand. So it's, it's the strength of this game is in the actual deck building part. I really enjoy that a lot. And I think this game is one of the most beautiful looking artwork games I, I know. Uh, it's, it looks so amazing. All the, you know, it's so lovely, this game. It looks great. So, and by the way, these, these styles are not from, these styles are from Aeon's End. <laughs> I'm using the dial from Aeon's End, I just realized. In this video, uh, I have a bunch of dials that are bouncing around between the boxes of games that don't have dials, because it's much easier to keep track of health that way. Anyway, great game. Hero Realms, can really recommend it. Yeah, I know you can play Nations online, but I, I'm not a big fan of playing those that kind of heavy, that kind of style games online, to be honest. I don't really like that. Uh, Hero Realms is in the digital version as well. I haven't tried it yet, but I, I need to do that at some point. Because those kind of games, I do like digital, like some card games and so on, smaller games. But like Nations, or I, I tried playing Sulkin on, on Board Game Arena. It was one of the worst hours I ever had in my life. It's I can't stand it. Like, I don't get the feeling like, oh, I'm just clicking something. And oh, all of a sudden I have a resource. I, I don't know. I don't like that. I guess you can get into it if you if you like it. But Next up here, 36 is the last new one for this year on this segment. There's coming new in the last segment, but this is the last new one on this segment. And this one, I haven't made a video for. I tried make a video for it, and the, the my video program messed up, so it never became a video. It was a live stream that never became true. Nemesis, anyway. Uh, Nemesis is a game that came out a few, uh, 2018. It was a big Kickstarter game, huge box, minis, cool stuff. It's basically Alien, the board game, but I, don't, I guess they don't have the license or whatever, so... Um, so Nemesis, you're going around, it's a cooperative game, well, you can play it as semi-co-op with a traitor and whatnot, I would never do that in this game, I think that's silly, I don't like it in that, these kind of games, I, I just I just don't like it in these kind of games, but as a co-op game, you go around this ship, you wake up out of you know cryosleep, and you're trying to get the ship started and fly back to earth most of the time, and so you gotta get go check the engines, you gotta fix some stuff, you gotta 
you know, do some fixing off the ship. You got to go get to the cockpit and make sure that you're heading the right way. But meanwhile, you got to be careful so you don't make too much noise because there are aliens uh, on the ship in the ventilations and whatnot. Here's the really cool uh, big alien uh, mother there. So you got to be careful at going around. I almost got a little bit of a pandemic feel when I play this game. Like, so if you have these amount of actions that you can do on your turn and how do you distribute the actions and then it's the other player's turn and then something bad happens and then it has a nice classic uh, cooperative game feel to it. And yeah, it's so, so cool. It's really tense as well. It's always like, oh, you go there, you make noise and then you have to roll the die and the probability of an alien showing up depend on how much noise you made and so on. And different actions will make different noise and you can try to sneak, but then it goes really slow. You have sort of a time limit as well, right? Uh, you need to fix the ship and, and get uh, on the right track. Yeah, really good game. I, I think a lot of players already know a lot about this. Like this is one of those famous ones out there in the community. Here's some painted minis and everything. And it's it's a huge game. It's a big box and all that. It could be a little bit scary, but it's not hard to play. It's easy, it's easy to get into and easy to play and easy to handle. So I can really recommend Nemesis. And I really want to play this more. I want to play this with my friends and so on more. Such a good game here. We have... Uh, Mikael is talking about Advancive. <laughs> I would never get into that. That's way too heavy for me. Okay, next up we have The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth, which is number 35. This was 30 last year, and you know, it doesn't. It basically haven't moved then. This is, just like Mansions of Madness, and just like Descent, which is a game I'm about to start playing tomorrow. It's going to be a live stream tomorrow when I start playing Descent, the new one. This is app-assisted, so this is a board game, but it is some part of the board game takes place in an app or on, on Steam. So you have your Lord of the Rings here. You have your classic characters, but they are not out for the classic story. This is more sort of taking place, I don't know, before or after the whole thing. So you're going around finding orcs and goblins and all that. You could have Legolas with his bow and so on, and Gimli with his axe. And you're meeting different people, encounters, you need to make decisions, story-based, which is in the app, which is so good. All this like text and, oh, now the lore increases. You don't need to have like a token to keep track of that. All the boring stuff is removed. Like if you hit an enemy, you don't need to keep track with little tokens, how much life that enemy still has and so on, because the app will handle that. And so you have these map pieces. I'm just, let's see here if I'm, I'm probably going to switch soon. Uh, so in the app, there we go. App will tell you how to put out the map pieces as you go around exploring. And also when you do interactions, really good game in this, in this really good thing in this game is the way you fight and the way you make tests. A lot of these games, the classic like Arkham Horror style and so on, you roll a die and you see if you hit the right result, right? In this one, there's no, well, maybe there are dice at some point. No, I don't think there's any dice in this game. You have a deck of cards, small deck of, oh, a small card, but you have a deck of cards. Some of these cards. You will draw them as to see if you like, oh, you're doing a test and you get to draw three cards. Then you draw three cards and you need to get a certain amount of successes because some of the cards have successes on them. And that's one way to use the card. You can also use the card for their actual text. So at some point you can use the card to play it to have like an, like an armor or whatever, like ongoing that will protect you. But that card might have two successes on it, which means as long as you have it as an armor, you're not having it in your deck, which means you can't draw it to get successes. It's a really cool system how that works. I think they got some inspiration from, I don't know, like Seventh Continent, which has the same system there where you draw a card. The cards sort of give you the successes. So you're basically building or tuning your deck as you play 
in order to maximize it to get uh, a good and strong deck. And as you level up and so on, then you get to put in new cards in your deck that will be stronger in different ways. And as you can see here, I have some cards that I have in front of me, like I can use, and some cards are in my deck, and then I can draw them in order to hopefully get the successes I need. But you can get Golem as well, and Golem has no successes, obviously. <laughs> so so you can get unlucky. Yeah, a really fun game. Uh, I played through the, the base campaign, uh, painted my miniatures and all that, uh, we'll see if at some point I get to play this again and and so on. I already have a playthrough series on the channel that you can go check out with a bunch of episodes. So that is Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-earth. Then we move on to 34, another game that I haven't filmed. I should do this at point, some point. I think I say this every year when I do my top 100. I always talk about I should film Newton because Newton is my number 34. Newton is a really cool Euro game. It's I like first of all, I like the theme, but then again, the theme is not that strong. <laughs> but, but I still like it. I like the setting of you being scientists during Newton's time and you're traveling around on this board and you're trying to make discoveries and so on in order to and you can research technologies and you play your cards and all that. And here we go. In order to, this this is your player board, so in order to sort of write essays or whatever, like uh you know, scientific essays about your discoveries and about the cities you've been to and, and what you discovered about different topics. So you're trying to build like a little it's tile placement up here where you're trying to build up sort of rows and columns of tiles. But in order to place them, you have to sort of meet the requirements. Now, on the bottom part of this board is where the game really shines. This is the real fun of the game here, where you're every round let's see if we can get a good picture here so every round you have your cards in your hand on your turn you play one of those cards for it could have effects but most of the time it's just you played for a symbol and that symbol will be one of the actions in the game so when you play it you get to do that action depending on how many symbols are visible on your board at that time that depends on that that, that determines how strong that action will be so your first action of the first round, then you most likely will just have one uh, an action of strength one. But if you do the same action later on in the same round, then you have two symbols showing. So you can do the action of strength two. I really like this system. And at the end of each round, you need to take one of your cards and tuck it under your board so only the symbol shows. So that means you have a permanent symbol of that type for the future rounds where you will be able to do that action in a better way. Yeah, so I hope you. I hope that makes sense. I should make a video of this. Really cool hand, and this is very really hand management. Really cool hand management game, and and it also combines with some tile laying, some moving on the map, technologies, different ways to score. There's a lot going on in this game. Uh, some people call this multiplayer solitaire, which I love in this game. I love that. I don't. I I, had, I don't. My brain power is not enough to keep track of what everyone else is doing in this game. I'm focusing on my thing, and then at the end of the game, we compare and see who did it the best which I love. I love that. There's no, there's no like take that cards. There's no negative interaction in this game. It's just a, a brain puzzle for yourself, which is really, really um, amusing. Yeah. So that's Newton, my 34. Number 33 was 63 last year. It has gone down mainly because I played it a bunch and you know, it, I don't know. I sort of, it is a great game. The crew is the name of the game. This is my review that I did. I don't know why, but I never did any more reviews. I started making reviews, uh, I think it was like a year ago or more than a year ago when this came out. And the crew is, you know, it's a trick-taking game, just like classic, a lot of card games, right? Oh, you're trying to win a trick. The thing here, though, is it's cooperative, which is very 
I think it's very innovative. I don't think that many games have that. So together around the table, we are trying to achieve a, a goal every round. And it's like a campaign. So you keep playing and playing and playing and the goal will switch between scenarios. Now we cannot talk to each other openly about what we're going to do and what we have in our hand, but we're trying to make sure that like in this case here, I needed to win the purple or the pink six. And then Draco and Luna here that I'm simulating a play with, uh, they gotta try to get into my brain and figure out like, okay, so how do we make that happen? How do we make sure that I win that one? Um, we need, you know, you have to you have to follow color. So maybe you're trying to drain your hand so you don't have a certain color. So then you can start playing other cards just to get rid of them from your hand. There's a lot of interesting strategy in this one. And I had a really good time with it uh, around the table. This is a game you can play also with friends and family that aren't as used to uh, board gaming. Uh, it's fairly easy to get into. Well, it's, it's a little tricky to figure out first how to get your brain to think in the right way. But it's also been a follow-up. There's another The Crew game out there that I haven't played. But yeah, and here's my review. We don't need to uh, see this. So The Crew, really cool one. I can recommend it. It's my number 33. Now let's go to number 32. This is another hand management deck building game, which is Monumental. It also has cool minis. The best minis I've ever seen in a board game, to be honest, uh, out on a board. So it's a civilization game where you're a little bit fighting out on the board, but very little. You're mainly fighting barbarians, like NPCs, like computer, yeah. So the player interaction in a negative way is very low. Uh, in general, you're building up your deck and then you're placing out your cards in this grid of three times three like this. Then you activate, on your turn, you activate a row and a column. So you're building up your deck. So you're getting new cards into your deck. You're purchasing cards and so on. But, and you're building wonders and the wonders end up in your deck as well. But the way you, this decision every round, like, oh, which row or column should I, or and column should I activate? It's, it's very, very, very interesting. Uh, at first time I saw this, I was instantly hooked. And I was like, I need to get this game. And I just, you know, sent them a message and said, hey, I really want to film your game. And they sent me a copy here. So I have like the deluxe version as well with these play mats and everything. And yeah, I really love this game. It's, it's one of those games that I think will stick in my collection. I want to play this on a regular basis. Still haven't got, I mean, it's great solo as well. Super good solo game. Has like an Atoma that you're playing against. And depending on which civilization you're playing against with the Atoma, and uh, which civilization you use is very different as well because they all have special uh, things. Now, sadly, though, I haven't still haven't played this with my regular gaming group because it is a long, it's, I don't know, it's a bit longer. It's not that long, but I don't know. It's just been hard to bring uh, bring to the table there. And and uh, it's not, you know, the civilization theme is on there. It doesn't, it's not that strong, to be honest. It is a deck building game with some, you know, a lot of hand management. But instead of, well, it's not hand management because you place them out on the board. So it's like you're, your little grid management, <laughs> but it's the same thing, right? In a sense, yeah. And it looks amazing. All the components are really good. You know, the cards, everything is so good in this game. It is, it is absolutely. It's been, it's one of my favorite games these last two years. Um, the reason it's not higher up on my list is basically because I don't get to play it as often as you know. If I played it more, it might go even higher. I don't know. I played it this summer though, uh, like two, three times. So. I did get to play it a little bit on two players, that is. And I played it solo this year as well, of course. Really, really good. Monumental. Uh, I can really recommend it. If you can get hold of it, it was on Kickstarter. And I don't know if it's hard to get these days. I think there are on this. You know, you can get it on the on the 
um, used game markets and so on. Then number 31 is Underwater Cities. So 31 Underwater Cities. This was 21 last year, so it's gone down a little bit. And still, it's, well, it hasn't really gone down. There's new games up there and so on. And yeah, it's a great game. It's a, again, hand management game. There we go, again. And it's a combined with worker placements. So you have cards, you play a card, sort of, well, you place a worker on one of the three areas of the board, which have three different colors. Then if you then you can also get to play a card if you have a card that matches the same color area as you went to with your worker. You want to do that because then you get to do two actions in a sense on your turn. And the cards have special effects. Some of them are like one time. Some of them are ongoing abilities that you get. Some of them are like actions that you then can activate later on when you go to another worker placement spot to activate your card. And you basically, it's a bit of engine building. You're building up your underwater cities, just like it sounds, on your player board. And now also with the expansion, I didn't have it in this video. This is my first video of this, I think. But now with the expansion, you have this really nice triple layer, double layer, or this recessed player board. So good. Uh, really good components in this one. And you're trying to gather a bunch of resources. You use the resources to build up your cities, but you also, you know, try to get points by doing certain of these end game scoring cards. You, you actually have to. It's cool because when you start a game, you don't have a, a sort of certain end game scoring that everyone has. To sort of. Well, you have. You get points for different things, but. During the game, you shape your own strategy, which I really like in this game. So depending on what cards you pick up and play out, that will shape how you will score points at the end of the game. I think that that's where the game really shines, and I don't hear it mentioned that often. People talk about this game, they talk about it, it's like, oh, it's like Terraforming Mars. I don't think it is like Terraforming Mars. But anyway, I don't hear that people say that that often, but for me, that is where the game really shines, is, is this whole... And there's that exists in other board games as well. I really like that in board games where... Most games are like from the beginning we know, oh, whoever has most of this will get the most points or you're supposed to do this and that to get the most points. In this game, you actually can start playing and then you realize halfway through that, oh, wait, I'm making a lot of you know plants. So maybe I should go for that endgame scoring card that gives points for plants. So <laughs> really like that one. Um, there also has an expansion again that I mentioned that has another board and so on that is really, really cool. I definitely want to play this game with the expansion. It also has like a quick start thing or sort of like prelude in Terraforming Mars. If I'm going to allude to that. And that is also really good. So you get started a bit quicker. This is kind of a long game. It's like, you know, closer, closer to three hours. So it's kind of a longer game, but I'm um, having a really good time playing this one. And uh, it's not that heavy as well. It's like mid midweight for me. So yeah, I really enjoy Underwater Cities. Next up is number 30. This is a smaller game that has been on my list. It's been in my top 10 actually earlier on. Uh, now it is 31. No, 30 though. It was, yeah, it's number 30. Nations the Dice Game. I did start the video. There we go. So Nations the Dice Game is, as you can hear on the title, it's, it's the dice game version of Nations, the big civilization game. So this is a small handy game. This is also one of my favorites in, in this kind of category. It's like 30 minute games. This is one of my absolute favorites because it's it's fairly quick and easy and short and you can play it with anyone. You can get into it. You really should have the expansion unrest though because it really adds some really good elements to the game. There's a lot of die rolling but the die rolling is not like oh did you get a success or not. The die rolling is your resources. So depending on what you roll you might need to change up your strategy on the go. There's a lot of tactical elements in this game where 
where you plan to get a certain item, but depending on your die rolls, you might not get that. Also, you can re-roll, and re-rolling is like a resource in itself, so you can build up in a way so that you get a lot of re-rolls, so you can re-roll a lot later on in the game, or you can choose to gamble a bit more and not go for re-rolls, go for other things instead. Um, really, really good game. Again, it has the little open display where you sort of buy the tiles, and you sort of draft them in that sense. And you get the same feeling as you get in nations there where like, oh, I really need want that tile. Or, you know, is, is she going to pick up that tile on the opposite title table? Or can I wait? Because I also want to do this other thing over here. Yeah, really good game. Nations the Dice game. It's, it's, I can really recommend this to anyone. This is one of the best games out there for 30 minutes gameplay. Uh, because you still get a lot of tactical decisions and, and a lot of involvement in the game, even though it's, it's a very quick game. Ooh, I'm almost running out of steam here. I've been talking so much, but we only have a few more to go. So next up is 29, was my 37 last year. And before I start talking about it, I am going to get a quick drink. You can watch the video. So, Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North. So Imperial Settlers is a game that's been around for many years. I never got stuck to it, though. I, I, I don't know. I... It has some really aggressive elements in it and so on. I, I never really got a, became a fan of Imperial Settlers. But Imperial Settlers Empires of the North is like a new game in the same line. So it has a lot of resemblance in artwork and in theme and so on. But the gameplay is different. Uh, the gameplay is, again, this is this is hand management 101, basically. So you start off with your deck depending on what you are. If you're the, um, the Vikings... You have a certain deck. If you have the Romans, you have another one. There's a bunch of expansions for this. But uh, this one, I'm, I'm showing off the Japanese here. You can be the Japanese. So depending on which civilization you are, you have a certain deck. And that's like preset. There's no deck building in this game. But then you shuffle that up. You draw your cards uh, every round. And then you need to figure out how to use them in the best way. So you have production cards. That's like engine building. That's building up your production of resources. Uh, the cards have a lot of different effects. Uh, this is one of those games where halfway through the game, I can't keep track of what you're doing anymore because I have so many effects in front of me that I need to combo in different ways. There's a lot of combo wombo between the cards and synergies and oh wow, there's a lot going on. But there are some interaction between the players. You are competing sort of uh, over uh, when you go sailing, you're trying to discover new lands uh, and, and also you have... A lot of cards are actually interactive in the sense that, you know, you you can do... Sometimes you can sort of do store things on your cards or you can affect the other players and all that. But it's it's really hard to keep track of what the other players are doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm having so much fun with this. Uh, such a good game. It's good solo as well. This is a solo playthrough, right, I think. Is it? It is. Yeah. Uh, I, made, I made one with track as well, I think. So, yeah, really good... It's really cute as well, like the card, the artwork, the theme of the game, everything. Is, it's like it's not it's like a civilization theme in a sense, or different civilizations fighting each other to become, you know, get the most points and all that and be the first to score the, the victory points. But it's it's very cartoony in a sense and, and uh, very cute how they made it. And cute uh, components for this one, but a really cool little, little sheep and, you know, these little uh, <laughs> pink workers that, that do your work. I see. I'm going to catch up on the chat a little bit. Um, well, the crew, you sort of need to get everyone on the same line of thought, I guess. 
You need to be in your head, in the other person's head a little bit. And Nature's the Dice game is great with casual players. Yeah, I agree. It's it's um or with anyone. That that's that's like the mark of a really good game is when you can play it with basically anyone. You can play it with you know the the real gamer geeks and they have a good time. But you can also play it with with your family and they're gonna have a good time as well. Uh, not well. Sometimes your family are gamer geeks, I guess, if you're that lucky. But yeah, so Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, is up here. And then we go on to 28, which was 29 last year, so it hasn't moved. This is still on my list and sort of the same spot. I haven't made a video for this one, but I could do it, but it would be a bit tricky, I guess. This is Alchemists. So Alchemists is a worker placement game in, at its base. Uh, very good at that as well. It's a really good worker placement system. It has a system like the places here, so depending on sort of who goes first to a place and all that and how you activate. It's a really good worker placement game. But then it also has uh, deduction, uh, which I do really like in games. And so you have your player screens like this. And behind your screens, you're keeping track of different sort of ingredients for, because you're alchemist. You're trying to mix different things in your pot to make different brews and potions. But you need to figure out what the how to mix these the best way because the different ingredients hold different what's it called? Not abilities, but I'm looking for the right English word, but I don't find it. I'm, I'm not finding it. Anyway, so that, for example, the the frog leg uh, in one game, the frog leg might be a, a green greenish item that is a plus but in another game it's a yellow one that's minus and so on so you have these different colors and plus and minus and you need an app to play this game well you don't need the app i guess you could have one person the game comes with components you can have one person being the app we're keeping track of the solution to what everything uh, is but then that would you know that player wouldn't play the game they would just you know i don't know why you would do that instead you can have a really good app and the app will randomize this so every time you play it will be different and everyone can have their own phone because you have like a code so it matches with everyone and you're trying to figure out what's in these ingredients by doing deduction you will find out that oh the the frog leg and the feather they have they are opposite which means if you then find out that the frog leg is a green plus then you know that the other one must be green minus yeah it's really fun it's, it's not that heavy it's not that heavy in like the deduction part and you can mess up, so if you, if you get something wrong, then you can mess up your whole thing. Because during the game, you will pu publish, you will go to the university, and you will publish hypothesis on what you think. Oh, I'm going to say that the frog leg consists of this material. And if you're right at the end of the game, then you will get plus points. But if you're wrong, you will get minus points. And so you might gamble. You might know two out of three things that the frog leg has. You want, even if you don't know the third thing, you could uh, gamble and, and try to see if you get it right. And you could have like qualified guesses, I would say. So yeah, attributes, that's the word I was looking for, the different, yeah, exactly. So basically, if you played Sudoku uh, or whatever, I love Sudoku back in the days. So this, this is, you know, uh, this is an interesting mix of very good worker placement game. Just in itself, the worker placement part in this game is one of the best it's one of my favorite worker placement games. If you just look at that mechanic and how that works in this game. But then you combine that with the whole deduction and, and a little bit of push your luck as well. Really, really uh, good game. I really, really need to play this soon again. It's been a good while since I played this one. I don't own it, but, but it's in my gaming group. So. so that is Alchemist. Now we go to 27. 
And 27 is another game that I haven't filmed and I will never film. Because this is a legacy game. This is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. And this builds on Clank, which is a game that I hold even higher than the legacy game. So it's coming later on the list, actually, because I did separate them. I don't know why, but for some reason I felt they were so different that I wanted to separate them. I'm not sure why. I didn't do that with another thing that I'm not going to mention now. Anyway, Clank Legacy is a deck builder again. And this one, you're... I mean, Clank itself. I need to explain Clank a little bit, I guess. If you don't know it. So basically you have a dungeon. You're going down in the dungeon. You're going... I don't want to see this image because I don't recognize that. So I don't want to see that. Because we haven't played the whole Legacy game yet. <laughs> we only played a few times. And then the whole pandemic hit. And we haven't played since then. Uh, we need to get back to this someday. So what you're doing is you're trying to go down deeper and deeper in the dungeon. Get the treasure before the dragon wakes up. And everyone uh, gets gets uh, thrown, you know, thrown out. And then you don't get any points. So it's a push your luck game, but it's also, you know, big part of it is the deck building. It's really cute, really nice artwork and, the, you know, the immersion and, the, and everything in this game is so good. In the legacy game, let's focus a little bit on that. In the legacy game, it's really cool how, well, like all legacy games, a legacy game will develop as you play. Things will change. You put stickers on the map, you will rip up cards, you will improve your deck as you go. It's so good. I really need to play this soon. Uh, I really want to see what happens. Because when you start the map, it's like, oh, here's an empty road. It doesn't lead anywhere. But later on, you will put a sticker there and you will get a new location. And you will change up the locations you've already been to. And you make decisions. Like you go somewhere and you get a decision like, oh, do you want to help this? Uh, I'm not. I'm just making something up. Do you want to help this wizard over here or not? So depending on if you help the wizard or not, or if you help the knight instead, then that will change up the map for everyone for the rest of the game. And it's really cool. Uh, now I know that after you're done with the game, it's like, I don't know, it's a 10 or something scenarios you play. When you're done, you can still keep playing Clank on the on the board that you have. But then your board will look different. Maybe your friend's uh, board and his, his gaming group where they played and made other decisions during the game. So yeah, you really should you really should get this one if you like deck building and if you like Clank and if you like Legacy. You know, it's a it's great game. And the last one for today, my number 26. Just barely didn't make it into the last episode. <laughs> this was 17 last year, but it has gone down a little bit. I love it though. It, it doesn't mean anything by the, at this stage with these numbers, I guess, because this is so good. This is the Castles of Burgundy. This is my favorite game from Stefan Feld. Uh, I guess it's my favorite, you know, mid-weight Euro in a sense as well. Well, I don't know how to count that, but anyway. Wow, this is so good. Uh, this is a die rolling game, but you can mitigate the dice a lot and you use the dice in order to pick up different buildings and these tiles and then you place the tiles on your uh, little kingdom board and then you're trying to find combos on how to do this. This is me playing it solo as well. This is a new edition that came out last year. It's so ugly though. It's like hurting my eyes. It's so ugly, this new edition. It's so sad because they were like the game, uh, the old game is, I used to, I always used to say that the old game is like the ugliest game that I love. Because I usually don't like ugly games. I usually go for good looking games. And then they came out with a new edition. And it was even worse I think. <laughs> it's not. It's as ugly. But it also has worse iconography. The iconography of the older game is actually better. Uh, the good thing with the new edition here. Though that came out last year. Is that it has a solo mode. So you can play solo as well. And it also has a team mode. Where you can play like 2 versus 2. We haven't tried that yet. But we've been talking about it in my gaming group. We need to do that. Because everyone loves Castles of Burgundy. 
Such a good game. Oh yeah, Nick likes this as well. Yeah, I think Castle Bergen is one of those like evergreens or whatever. I think this is going to be around in the community and people are going to love it for, for years to come. Alright, so that is the list. This was 50 to 26. If you've been watching the channel for years and so on, I guess you recognize a lot of these games. Some new here though, three new in this segment. And some have gone up, some have gone down. And, and I also think, I also try because I do realize a lot of people have seen this list like last year and the year before that. I try to talk about a little bit of different aspects of the games every time. So I don't sit here and just repeat myself. I talked about Cost of Burgundy, for example, so many times on the channel. Yeah, so next week, sadly, we won't have an episode. It's going to be two weeks or maybe three. I'm hoping two because we still haven't recorded the last episode. The last episode will be recorded pre. It's not going to be a live stream. But we will. I will post it uh, at the same time on a Sunday in two or three weeks. And I will post it you know, a few days before so you can see that it's coming uh, on my social media and all that. You can find that BGW near us. And then I'm going to be joined by Mats and Andreas, my friends, and from my gaming group, who's also been on the channel. They made some reviews and some playthroughs and so on, and you also seen them in these top lists before uh, previous years. It's going to be really, really fun. I really look forward to playing, sitting around, talking about all the games together with them. And now it's going to be 25 this year. It used to be 10. Last year it was 20. So, I mean, 25, it's going to be, in theory, it could be 75 games. Now we're going to have some crossovers. Uh, I would... Be very surprised if we don't have some crossovers but still it's going to be sort of 75 games that we talk about we talked about like oh we can talk about each game two minutes it's still going to be a two and a half hour video it's going to be a long video there's no way around that uh, so what i was planning to do was to actually split it up into two parts and that's what i am going to do i just got the idea the other day so there's not going to be it's going to be a bit weird i, I said the series would be four episodes but it's actually going to be five so in two or three weeks, you're going to see the 25 to 10. So you're going to see 15 games that we sit around, all three. Hopefully in the studio, that's what we're planning for, to record it in the studio. That's going to be the best uh, outcome, I think, and most fun. And then the week after that, there will be a final episode with the top 10. And that's just going to be just before Christmas. So that's the plan. There's two more episodes to go, even though I sort of plan to make just one more. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun to do it together with those guys. I really look forward to that. I, I don't know really their top 25s. I know a bunch of games that they love, of course, but it's always interesting to see like some surprises. Maybe some game have moved up or moved down on the list. Uh, especially, I mean, these this last year, we haven't met that much. You know, we, we, we don't have, we used to play games like two, two times a week or whatever. But uh, these days, of course, we can't meet as much as we used to. So... I don't know, they might have played a bunch without me and all of a sudden some game that I didn't expect has jumped up on their list or down. So that's going to be exciting for me as well, right? To see how that goes. Okay, thank you so much for, for thank you so much for watching everyone. I need to go get some dinner and get some, uh, I need to not talk for a while because I've been talking straight now for over an hour. And have a great evening or morning or whenever you're watching. Take care. Bye bye.